I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining us by phone today is a very special guest who was born in Wilmington, raised in Wilmington, but has since gone off to uh, both national and international acclaim through his uh, Tony Award-winning performance in Spring Awakening on Broadway, as well as some great film and TV work, including Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom. Johnny Gallagher, it is great to have you joining us by phone today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Now, while I, I just uh, spouted off a number of your theater and film and TV credits, uh, we're really here to talk today largely about your coming back to Wilmington in a uh, performance genre that uh, some people may not be aware of your being so engaged in, and that is the realm of music. Let's talk Correct. about your upcoming uh, appearance at the Queen Theater on Friday, January 22nd, and yeah. uh, what, what precipitates that visit. Sure. Well, I'm uh, after years of threatening to do so, I'm finally putting out my first record of my own original music. Uh, it's called Six Day Hurricane, and it comes out on January 15th. It'll be available on all the necessary digital outlets, iTunes, and Amazon. And I'll also be selling uh, physical copies at the concert. Um, it's something that I really wanted to do for a long time. I grew up uh, around a lot of music. My parents, who both still live in Delaware, play music and uh, exposed me to it at an early age. And so I've been writing music and playing music since I was a teenager. Um, and so as, as soon as I uh, figured out that I was going to be able to put the album out uh, this winter, one of my first thoughts, of course, was, you know, I have to go do a show back home uh, and see family and see friends and uh, and share the music with them. And so that's really how I got uh, in touch with the Queen and, uh, you know, checked to see if they had a, a, a date available. And it, it all worked out rather perfectly. So I, I can't wait to get home and, and share the record with everyone and share the live music with everyone as well. Now, can you talk a little bit about your the the kind of training, the experience you had in in music growing up? Like you say, your your parents are well known folk musicians. Uh, was your training informal? Was it through them? Or you know, what was that? What did that look like? It was a, it was kind of a big mix in the sense that um, uh, you know we, we were encouraged to sing from an early age, whether we knew it or not, just from being around so many campfires at the Philadelphia Folk Festival or going to different folk concerts in and around Delaware. Um, and uh, and I started picking up on figuring out how to sing harmonies, basically just by going on road trips with my parents and singing along to Jackson Brown records on the radio. Um, and uh, and then I started doing theater in, in Delaware. I started doing, uh, you know, plays and performances at the Wilmington Drama League and the Delaware Children's Theater. And so that really helped me as well, being able to, um, it was almost like being in a, in a, in a choir, but in a, a more collaborative sense doing those shows. That helped me learn a little bit more about singing, a little bit about different kinds of music. Um, and so it was, uh, uh, there wasn't any really kind of uh, staunch uh, kind of uh, specific professional training in there, but it was just kind of working with a lot of, a lot of different styles and um, having a lot of different unofficial teachers. Uh, and then playing in bands too. I remember firming, you know, forming my first few bands in Wilmington and playing with other musicians. And everybody that you play with, or you sing with, or you collaborate with, um, whether you you realize it or not at the time, does end up becoming a teacher. So everybody in that spectrum ended up uh, teaching me so much about about music. And then of course getting to New York and and uh, being on Broadway. And you know, I've, I've never been able to read music, and uh, sadly still can't to this day. 
Um, but I learned a lot from from working with different vocal coaches and musical directors and performers and people in New York. And so it's been just kind of a, a years and years of a learning process that's gotten me really involved in music in the way that I am. So it really has been an experiential learning. Uh, definitely, oh, definitely, a lot, a lot of hands-on, a lot of trials, a lot of trials by fire. <laughs> now, in your uh, upcoming album, uh, Six Day Hurricane, how, how would you characterize the style of music represented? Yeah, well, the music is a, it's a little bit all over the map, but uh, I think still does achieve some uh, some some cohesiveness in the in the process. Um, uh, it's uh, nine songs, and it covers a, a couple of different genres, but really it, it stays pretty rooted in a kind of Americana, kind of rock and roll vernacular. Um, uh, there are elements of the record that kind of sound like a like a like a Laurel Canyon record, like uh, like some of those. Um, asylum recordings that Jackson Brown was doing in the 70s, and there's a kind of a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers influence on there. Um, but there's also a little bit of a heavier rock and roll influence from to, from just you know times that I spent playing in louder rock bands in, the, in my history. And uh, and then there's some really soft moments on there too. So it, it covers uh, kind of a, um, a, 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 bit, a large canvas, but but all the while staying rooted in kind of a, a folk rock and roll kind of sentiment. Now, I understand one of the um, one of the uh, 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 songs on the album is also going to be released as a single. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a couple songs that are actually available right now. If you go to Amazon.com um, and look up the record, Johnny Gallagher, Six Day Hurricane, you can get uh, two different tracks off of the album and you can pre-order the album as well. And, uh, and there's a song you can get on iTunes as well. And uh, and then there's a few uh, few other tunes that are available. If you go to pacemagazine.com uh, and look it up, there's a song called Dangerous Strangers that you can uh, stream on there as well. So there's a few ch- songs out there that you can check out in advance of the release. Great. Uh, you uh, sort of touched on some of the, the influences on your music. Uh, any elaboration on that, particular musicians that you've, sort of followed uh during your career oh yeah there's stuff that you know that i've been listening to for uh for a long time that i still listen to almost every day john prine and uh bruce springsteen and jackson brown and uh tom petty Uh, of course of course uh everybody that 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 i know that wants to pick up a guitar and start singing songs listen to a lot of bob dylan a lot of beatles and that was certainly stuff that i uh, that I got into uh, from an early age. Um, I actually uh, spent a, a part of my morning a couple of weeks ago um, on the phone trying to uh, trying to score Springsteen tickets up here in New York, but it was a uh, um, it was a, a, a fleeting and failed <laughs> experiment on my behalf trying to uh, trying to navigate Ticketmaster's website. But you know, my parents uh, raised me on a, on, a, on Joni Mitchell and. James Taylor and the band and Bob Dylan and a lot of, a lot of really great music. And uh, so my goal for my first record was to kind of try and take all of that stuff that I love so dearly and, and uh, kind of filter it through to make something of my own. Now, do you perform, perform solo or with other musicians? I do both, but for the show at the Queen, I'll be bringing, um, bringing a band through. It's, uh, it's the band that I made the record with. A uh, really great group of musicians, and and my friend Tad, who plays guitar with me, also produced the record for me. 
That's that's great. Uh, talk a little bit about the logistics of lining this up at the Queen Theater. How how did those connections work? Yeah, well, I had played at the Queen in 2011. I played a solo acoustic show there um, of some of my music, and it was before I had an album or anything. Um, but then I had come home, and uh, my parents had played there a few times. And actually, in October, I was just there. Uh, I got up and did a couple John Prine songs for a John Prine uh, tribute night that they did there, and so I I had been familiar with uh, with some of the people that worked at the Queen, but uh, you know I, I set my sights on the on the bigger room downstairs because I really wanted to bring my band through town when the record came out, and so I got in touch with them and and asked if they'd be interested, and thankfully they were interested in doing something together, and uh, we found a date that worked well, and it just so happened it was right after the release of the record, so it all came together pretty quickly and pretty organically. I'm I'm really excited about it. And uh, when, how, so how frequently do you come back to the Wilmington area? Yeah, I come back uh, as often as I can. Be, living in New York, it makes it pretty easy, which is nice. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a quick quick shot down the, on Amtrak or if I rent a car. I was actually just back uh, for the holidays. I came back for Thanksgiving and hung out with my family. And then uh, and then actually we, we went down to Rehoboth Beach for, uh, for Christmas. And, uh, and hung out there with some of my family down there as well. So I, I get back, uh, if I can, depending on my schedule, try to get back a few times a year. Now, I, I read somewhere, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that uh, with, with all of the success you've had in theater and, and film and, and television, that music is your real passion. Yeah, I would say that that's accurate. I mean, I, I certainly love um, whatever I can get my hands on artistically uh, is, is stuff that I really, really enjoy and love. And and I'm very passionate about, but the the fact that the music uh, it really goes back to my my upbringing, very directly. Um, and so music just feels like family to me. It feels like home. I think the fact that the first people that I ever heard playing music were my parents. Uh, there's just something that's really kind of deeply rooted in my my DNA, and um, uh, it feels like a much more personal uh, relationship with an audience because it is coming directly from me when you're doing acting. That's really wonderful as well, but it's a it's really a filtered process, so it's, it's a bit diluted. And I love that about the collaboration. You're usually saying somebody else's words. You're being directed by someone else, and then by the time it gets out to an audience, it's been edited and all these things have happened. But the music is really uh, it feels really pure to me because uh, you know, I write all the music and I write all the lyrics myself. And so by the time it gets to the audience, it still very much feels like a good representation of me. Now you you mentioned earlier that you you really don't read music. So as as you're composing music, how do you write that down, or does someone transcribe it for you, or as you're playing it, or how does that work? Yeah, de- depending on how it's going, the, the the musicians that I play with are all much more are are far more scholarly than I than I am in my approach, and so you know they, they are a great resource to me at times. You know things that I don't really realize that I'm even doing or I'm writing, they can kind of put into words to me what I've actually written. But as far as the solo process goes, uh, it's usually just me and a guitar with a notebook and, a, and my phone recording all of it on my phone or my, my computer as I go along so that I don't forget it. Because I often will, if I try to write something without recording it, I'll walk around the corner and get a coffee. And by the time I come back, I've totally forgotten it. So I have to keep a record of all of the stuff that I'm working on. Um, but it, it comes and goes, and you know, um, sometimes I'll have a, a riff or a guitar part or a chorus or a melody or something for for months and months before putting it together. And then other times, you sit down and I'll write the you know the whole song in about seven to ten minutes. So it's it's kind of uh, elusive and uh, inconsistent the, the way that it all happens. But but the constant is that it's usually just kind of me sitting down 
uh, finding the time alone to get into the song. Well, this is really exciting, and there's so many more questions I want to ask, but uh, if you'll indulge me, let me remind our listeners that you're tuned into 1450 WILM News Radio and News Radio 1410 WDOV uh, for Delaware State of the Arts. Our guest today is joining us by phone, Johnny Gallagher, born here and raised here in Wilmington, uh, but now uh, living in New York and uh, pursuing a very active and successful uh, performing arts career. Uh, Johnny, I'm, I'm curious, uh, I, I sort of see you in that world of some other, uh, very well-known entertainers who, uh, have both film and, and, uh, theater careers as well as music. I, you know, I'm thinking of Steve Martin is, is certainly a, an accomplished musician and, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon is well known for his film work and his, his band. Uh, could you talk a little bit about balancing? I mean, clearly a, a, an incredibly creative, uh, career could you talk about that balance between the various genres of performance yes yeah, certainly um i mean they're, they're all they're all very uh important to me uh, on, a, on a you know on a personal level um i find that um a lot of times whatever i'm working on as an actor uh will usually actually influence whatever it is that i'm working on as a songwriter um uh, even if I won't get a chance to perform any music for a while, because usually if you go into the run of a play or the filming of a movie or the filming of a TV series, it's a lot of work and it's very, very hard to kind of get out and find any free time for yourself. But I always do try to make sure that uh, whatever I'm doing, that I can bring my guitar with me and bring a couple notebooks and just be able to kind of keep that through line open to channel whatever it is that I'm channeling and, and make some music out of it. Uh, and then, of course, there's the logistic aspect, which is, you know, figuring out schedules and stuff. That's the part that's a little trickier, um, a little, a little more detailed, a little bit more monotonous, and and uh, can be kind of frustrated. But you know, I have a really great group of people uh, that I work with as representatives for for my acting, and and luckily they are really into the fact that I write music and that I play music, and they're supportive of that. Um, and so I just try to keep everybody in the loop about wh- what's happening, what I'm doing, where I am at any given moment. Like I'm working on a film, or I'm going to be over here working on my record, and um, thankfully, uh, I have a group of people that that uh, that understand that I have all those interests. Um, but it's great. I, I I don't think that I could do one in a lot of ways. You know, I don't know that I could do one without the other, um, because when I go off to pursue an acting project, it's usually after I've had a little bit of a break where I can play some music, and that's a little bit of a battery recharge. Um, and so that usually sends me into an acting project with a new kind of energy and having a new kind of lease on life, and then vice versa. If I work on an acting project for a really long time and it, it ends, one of the first things I want to do is throw myself into the music. And so there is uh, that duality, a bit of a yin and yang kind of situation that, that keeps me active in both. So they, they really support each other, I, w- I would say. Now, in your composing, are, are you one for whom the words come first or the music comes first? Or... It, it happens both ways. Um, there are definitely there are times where... Um, I'll have uh, like a piece of music that I really, really love and I'll keep trying different lyrics and, and none of them will really just feel right. And then eventually something will land that, that suddenly matches it. And then other times I'll have a, you know, a phrase in my head or a, or, you know, a chorus, some lyrics in my head that I'll just have kind of in a notebook until, until I find a piece of music that fits it. And so I'd say it's, it's a bit of a 50, 50 that sometimes the music comes first and sometimes the lyrics come first. So, so for this uh, debut album, Six Day Hurricane, uh, were all these songs uh, composed 
uh, with the intent of making them an album, or you know, did they sort of just come together serendipitously? Well, kind of a little bit of both. All of the songs on the record had been written. Uh, the, the the newest song on the record had only been written, I would say, maybe uh, less than a year before we recorded it. And then other songs on the record had been written six, seven years ago prior to the recording. Um, I always knew that I wanted to record the music, but I had just kind of started writing and hoarding all of these songs um, for live performance or for just kind of my own kind of keepsakes. But when it came time to record, uh, basically my producer, Tad DeBrock, who also plays on the record, and is a good friend of mine. Um, he he was very influential in the sense that we we had a concert that we had done, and we learned ten songs for that concert basically. And rather than going through my list of songs, which at that point had hit up to about fifty songs, original songs that we were going to have to call through, we just picked the songs that we learned for the concert, and we said that's going to be the record. So we just went into the studio and we laid down those songs. And it was a bit of a gamble because we didn't know if they would work together uh, as one piece of music. And we got incredibly lucky in the sense that we put together this record that actually does work as an album, despite the fact that the songs were actually chosen rather randomly. Now, uh, could you speak a little bit about the time frame of putting together this album, get, getting the musicians together that you wanted to use to rehearse, to record? Yeah, it, it happened really quickly. Um, I, was, I was on a break in between filming the first season and the second season of The Newsroom for HBO. And I was back home in New York for a bit of a limited time frame, and I really had uh, a small amount of time to get this record together. And so I called upon musicians that I had played this concert with over the summer, and uh, they were uh, friends of mine that had been brought together really by my producer, Tad. They are musicians that he knew, a drummer named Brian Delaney, who played for the New York Dolls, and an amazing bass player named Conrad Korsh, who plays with Rod Stewart most of the time. And we grabbed those guys and we went into the studio and we only had seven or eight days to record before I had to go back to L.A. to start the newsroom. Um, and then uh, while we were recording it, uh, Hurricane Sandy hit the East Coast. And that, you know, obviously it, it, it really it wreaked a lot of havoc on the East Coast. And least of all of the havoc that it that it that it kind of brought was the, was the fact that it kind of altered our schedule of recording. So we only got the recording done in six days. Um, did it really, really fast, and then I flew off to L.A., but then I got tied up with work over the next couple of years, and so that's why the album is just now coming out, despite the fact that it's actually been recorded for about three years. Um, so the timeline is, is uh, a little a little weird for the, for the way that it all came together, but uh, something about it feels just kind of right, um, that it's, it's had a little bit of time to gestate and to kind of uh, sink in and we had a lot of time to get to know the the album, and so now we really feel confident and ready to share it with the world. And is your upcoming appearance at the Queen Theater intended to actually uh, present some of those selections from the album? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll be playing <clears throat> many of the tracks, if not all of them. Great, great. Um, I'm curious. We have just a, a few minutes left. Uh, given your your varied career. Uh, would you be willing to share sort of some of the opportunities that you've had that have really opened doors for you? I, you know, there's so many people in the, you know, young people in the performing arts that, you know, are looking for the, the, the big break or, or the opportunity. And could yeah. you speak to some of your experiences that you, you really sort of identify as milestones for you? Sure. Uh, you know, um, definitely there early on, um, uh, you know, I think a great a great thing to look for, and sometimes you can't even look for it because you don't know that it's happening, 
is uh, someone to, to, to kind of link, link up with um, creatively and professionally. And for me, that happened when I was a teenager. I met a playwright named David Lindsay Bear, who um, saw me in a play and really took to my style of acting. And I ended up doing three of his plays from the ages of 16 to the, ages of, uh, to the age of 21. And um, he really is uh, the man responsible really for why I moved to New York to do one of his plays, and I ended up staying in New York, and um, that was very life-changing. Um, and uh, and then certainly doing Spring Awakening on Broadway, which is something that I kind of stumbled into as an actor. Uh, I went on, a, on, a, on an audition along with uh, hundreds and hundreds of other young actors in New York City uh, that were trying to get involved with that show, and... Um, I got really lucky. I didn't have any formal training or anything. I just went in with my guitar and sang some songs. But doing that show opened up this whole other world of of getting to know people in New York City and being out on a stage every night. Um, and certainly just that getting over those first kind of few years of moving to New York and trying to stay busy and trying to stay creative. Um, you meet people along the way. And if you have that kind of special, collaborative, creative, professional relationship, then uh, it, 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 it's contagious um, from that from that point on, and that opens a bunch of other doors, and you meet people that they know, and then that goes from one place to the next. Um, and so that was uh, those were huge. Meeting David and coming to New York, and then getting involved in Spring Awakening. Um, that really kind of ended up coloring the way that the next few years would go for me, and it really has led me to this point. Well, again, I you know I am incredibly impressed uh, at what a what an amazing career you've had in a so far relatively short short life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and I know many in the Wilmington area who know you and know your family are so proud of the work that you're doing. It's uh, Johnny. It's really been a pleasure having you join us today on on the radio show, and we look forward to your upcoming appearance at the Queen Theater on Friday, January twenty second, to oh, uh, premiere your uh, your debut album, Six Day Hurricane. Johnny, thanks so much for joining us. It's really been a delight. Oh, likewise. Thank you for having me.